Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line. This is Deborah Butler, and thanks for joining me for my podcast, People Know Stuff. And today, I am happy to have D.B. Hillman with me. D.B. Hillman knows stuff about supporting a person with vision loss. So the reason D.B. Hillman knows about supporting a person with vision loss is because she lost her vision. How long ago, D.B. Hillman? I lost my vision a year and a half ago. I um, have a condition called idiopathic intracranial hypertension, also known as pseudotumor, where your brain thinks it has a tumor, so it overproduces spinal fluid, and the excessive spinal fluid damaged both of my optic nerves. So I am um, completely blind because I do not have any usable vision, but I can detect some light and um, some movement. So this was something you had to really get up to speed on pretty quickly. Well, I did. However, everyone takes their own pace. Sometimes it takes a couple of years of just sitting and wallowing and figuring it out. But I didn't want to take that time. (laughs) I wanted to get back to normal life as soon as possible. And in getting back to normal life, which... I know through the person who introduced us, you've done an amazing job. And when I reached out to you to ask you, what is the stuff you know about as a result of your experience, what you wanted to share about is how to help others support those who have vision loss. So I thought that was a really interesting approach. And I think that is so helpful because I know myself, when I see someone who does not have vision and who is in movement or even in a conversation, I don't know how to be supportive. I don't know how to engage. And so you have several points that you've shared with me that would be really useful for a sighted person to know as they engage with a person who's had vision loss. And here, yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm going to share the points that you shared with me and we'll talk about each one. Okay. Okay. Great. So one of the first ones that you shared was either offering help or waiting to be asked. A second one was when you are talking to the person, talk directly to them. Don't turn to a sighted person nearby, but talk to them. Um, Also, don't interfere with their uh, route and don't interfere with their routine. All important, don't touch their cane. And then the best way to act as a guide for a person who has vision loss is to ask them, how can I be the best guide? And then telling a person when you've completed your engagement with them, being explicit and saying, I'm walking away now. So let me ask you about some of these points. Um, So when you say 
offering help or waiting to be asked. Can you share more about that? Would that be a stranger coming up to you or would that be someone that you know? It would be either a stranger or someone you know. The um, point is to not assume that the person needs help and also to graciously accept if they turn the help down. Right. It's important to be helpful, but you don't want to give non-helpful help. (laughs) Right, right. Which is why you would want to ask them, you know, what is the best way I could be helpful? And you might even say, can I be helpful to you? You might even, if you're approaching someone, ask, is there a way I can help? Exactly. And tell me about how that might feel presumptuous and tell me about the difference between that and really being helpful. It's limiting. A person who has lost their vision takes classes to learn how to live a normal life again. And we learn that we can do the same things, but we have to do it in a different way. So when a sighted person sees us doing something in a different way, it doesn't look right to them. It looks like, oh, they're having a hard time. They need help. But what it really is, is just us doing things the way we need to do it in order for us to be successful at it. And having a sighted person trying to take over that task is very debilitating. Sure. That's really important. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it would look different because that's how you have to orient when you don't have your sight. So what would be an example of something that might look different to a sighted person and might look like, hey, I need to go help them? Well, um, I cannot walk in a straight line because walking in a straight line is a sighted thing. If you think about it, when you walk in a straight line, you're looking at a fixed point and you're walking towards that point. Because I don't have any sight, it's like I'm in a void. So there's no fixed point for me to look at. So the only way I can walk in a straight line is if I use my cane or I use my hand to trail an object. So um, a sighted person might want me to walk in a wide open space because they think, oh, that's the safest way. There's no... um, obstacles in their way. But for me, it wouldn't be the safest thing because I need to be able to trail the wall in order to walk in a straight line. Yeah, that makes sense. So if you see someone who is um, has vision loss and they're moving from one point to another, you wouldn't assume that they need help just because They're not going in a straight line. But what might signal to you that they could possibly need help? They might call out to you and ask. Like, for example, if you're in a grocery store and they can't read a a label, they might, if they have limited vision, they might be able to see a form in front of them and say, hey, um, would you mind helping me? I can't, I'm visually impaired. I can't read this label. Right. In which case you would want to talk, as you've said, directly to them and you would want to ask them, how can I best help you and what kind of help do you need? And then as you're walking away, say, "Okay, I'm I'm walking away now. Exactly. Great. 
Yes, it is so important to let a visually impaired person know that you're walking away. So many people find themselves talking to the air and then it's embarrassing. And it's happened to me so many times with my family, right. especially the younger ones. Right. That does seem like and a you're really just critical talking. <laughs> yeah, that's like just talking to the air. So yes. and if you saw someone, you know, this is a common experience seeing someone um, who has vision loss about to cross a street. Tell me about that from your perspective. Yes, um, we take orientation and mobility and that um, class teaches us the best way, the safest way to cross a street. We have to use the sounds of the cars around us to know if it's safe to cross because we can't see the light change. So the important thing for a person who's sighted, who's driving, is to drive like they normally would. Don't stop in the middle of the street to let me cross. You might think that's helpful, but you could cause an accident. So let me just go with the flow of traffic because I've been taught how to. Wow. Now that's hard to hear. Because then that's unknown to me as a sighted person, not to accommodate, not to stop. But I'm hearing you say that isn't helpful. Yes, it's it's unsafe. And, and kind of counterintuitive for a sighted person to know that. Particularly yes. if I'm behind the wheel of a car. Yes, it is. And um, that is why the first point I wanted to make was to graciously accept when someone doesn't need help. Sure. Because it, it can be hard to do. Yes. And it's, I mean, of course, you're not really communicating directly with the person when you're behind the wheel of a car, which is why you might instinctively do something that is unsafe and that is stop to accommodate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if that person gets hit in the back by a car behind them, you know, who are they going to want to pay the ticket? <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of like what you said. If a car stops as the person with vision loss, you don't know when they're, quote, walking away. That is, they're driving on. You don't really know and you can't track. You've gotten confused about what the signals are. Right. So when you're standing at the intersection with the person who has vision loss, um, like you said, you don't want to interfere with their route or with their routine. So would you assume, hey, they know what they're doing. And unless they ask me for help, I'll go about my business. Yes, um, that's exactly right. It would be helpful if the person is about to walk off the curb and there's a car coming that's doing something that it shouldn't be doing and about to hit them, then yes, say, hey, there's a car coming, you know, and then they can move back. Right, right. And again, I could see where an instinct might be to grab them. Um, and that would not be helpful. And the, the, the best advice is if you see something about to occur that the person with vision loss needs to know about is to speak it to them rather than try to, to physically intervene. Right. I think someone would, might be 
better okay with someone they know grabbing them. But um, if they're in danger, I don't think grabbing someone should be the first thing to do. But I don't think someone would be angry about being grabbed out of the way. Okay. I mean, it, it could happen to a sighted person as well. That sure. some, someone might grab them out of the way. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So these are really unknown things to a sighted person and very helpful. They're simple. They're direct. Is there anything else that you can think of that you could educate the sighted population with regarding supporting people with vision loss? Yes. Um, I, want, I wanted to be more specific about talking to the person. Um, for example, um, when I go to the hospital and I'm with my mother, the person at the front desk will talk to my mother and ask her questions regarding me. And it makes me feel like a five-year-old. Oh. Also, um, I had ordered a service for my grandmother's house and it was to clean her vents and I was paying for it and people knew I was and they went to my grandmother and I was sitting right there and they said is there somewhere she can go because we're going to put cords down and we don't want her to trip and they certainly could have just said you know ma'am is there somewhere you can sit out of the way but they spoke to my grandmother instead of me and again I felt like a five-year-old I bet yeah. Something I hear a lot of people say in my group is that my vision loss did not make me stupid. Yeah. Talk to me. I'm still a person. Yes. I can hear maybe even better than I could hear before I lost my vision. Yes. Because you have to develop your other senses. You have to, because you can no longer just fall on your sight. Um, another point I wanted to make was that visual impairment can differ from person to person, but it also can differ from day to day. My vision changes. It goes back and forth. Like today it's one way, tomorrow it'll be different. And then the next day it'll go back to the way it is today. But it could be different even still for others. Maybe they see different every day of the week. So it's important not to assume that if you know what one visual imp- visually impaired person needs, that you know what all of us need. Oh, good. Yeah. Ask the person what they need specifically. And right. like I said, it can change from day to day. Right. So it sounds like the most important global piece of advice that you're giving us is talk to the person, whether it's a stranger or someone that you see on a regular basis. And again, speak directly to them and let them know when you are exiting the conversation. And rather than make assumptions, have a conversation directly with that person. Yes, definitely. And if put things back where they go, the the most important thing for a visually impaired person to maintain a normal life is to be organized. So if something is in the same place all the time, then I know where it is. So put things back where they go. If I get out of the car on the same side every time, then I know exactly how to get into the house because I create a route. 
So if someone tells me, oh, I need you to sit on the other side of the car, then now I no longer have my route. Now I'm, I have to reorient myself. Right. So whatever um, you if do to help a person some, anticipate is good too, it seems. And make a routine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to thank you for all that you've shared and for this conversation. And I guess I feel more confident about being supportive of a person with vision loss. And I'll just go back to what I'm hearing. And that is talk directly to that person and ask them how you can be supportive and then let them know when you are exiting the conversation. Absolutely. Great. And I'll thank you you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. We'll wrap up this podcast and I really appreciate you joining me, D.B. Hillman. Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line.